Welcome to The Shape Podcast. We believe that God has designed you for impact, but how do you take the brilliance inside of you and turn it into reality? Shape is a place where world changers, culture shapers, industry leaders, and political thinkers will come together to explore the ways that shifting what we believe shapes what we see. We're glad you're here. Well, what's good, Shape family? Welcome to the special home edition, episode two. So again, uh, if you hear my kids being kids or my dogs barking, welcome to the chaos. Uh, But we're all in the middle of this crisis together. Uh, And I wanted to have one of my friends who uh, is just maybe one of the best people I know at framing everything as amazing. Behind the mic today, we have the one and only Britt Knighton. Uh, Britt is a business leader, an entrepreneur, a speaker, and wait for it, a stand-up comedian. And I love that I get to be friends with this guy because to know Britt is to love Britt. So my friend, thanks so much for being with us today. Yeah, buddy. Thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. I love, I love just hanging out and talking with you anyway. Just the fact that we get to record it now. Only add new pressure for me to. <laughs> <laughs> to well, I've actually I've known Brett since college, uh, and uh, I just want to say, dude, that we both look exactly the same as we did in college. We peaked late. Some people peak early, but yeah. we peaked late. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Big time. I'm like Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. I bet <laughs> when he was in college. Just a skinny, skinny little baby town. And, and you know, now, you know, I'm especially good at expectorating. And so, uh, yeah, it took me until my 30s to really bulk up. Hey, you know what, bro? But hey, but you carry it well, my friend. You carry it well. Uh, yes. Well, dude, tell me a little, uh, tell us about what you're doing, man. What do you find yourself doing these days? Yeah. So, well, I'm, I was in Waco for 15 years after Baylor and businesses and stuff like that. And with, with ACC in Waco, and then had this bananas opportunity to come on board with camp gladiator at camp gladiators, outdoor fitness boot camp, And they have had this kind of knee of the curve growth over the last three or four years that have been just really cool to see. I love fast paced startup, um, the, the kind of frenetic, you know, you know, when you're running downhill and you're like that at that point where you're like, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh. That's kind of how it is all the time. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's this fun environment, super fast paced and it's become, I love it because I started, I started in Austin as VP of marketing and uh, I was in the marketing side for years before that. But then uh, since then it's kind of shifted, we've grown into this medium sized company instead of a small business. You know, we have like a thousand trainers nationwide and we have about 120 HQ employees. And so uh, we're kind of this, they're not big, but we're not little anymore. We're kind of right, medium, right, right. but we want to keep that small business startup, fast paced, nimble and agile attitude. And everybody's important right. and culture is still important. And I feel like I've been able to be a big part of that. Now I do business development, which is really our, our national strategic partnerships and philanthropic efforts across the nation. So I get to talk to people and tell the CG story, but I also get to be really good friends with these with these awesome, positive, life impacting trainers and leaders. And um, yeah, I just love it. It's really, really fun. I'm proud of what we're doing. 
Yeah, dude, it's it's been fun to to watch it uh, grow and uh, to see it kind of uh, explode as you've been there um, and explode in all the right ways. And you know, we're in the middle of a bit of a crisis right now, um, where specifically um, the fitness industry uh, is mm-hmm. taking a, a a massive hit across the board, really, except for you guys. So. What would you say if, if being kind of on the inside, what, what's been some tips that you have picked up on, on you guys' ability as a company to really pivot so quickly into this new reality that is, that's becoming our normal? Yeah, I'll kind of break it up into two sections. And I've been asked this a lot this week. It's kind of been crazy. It's two, it's two full sections. One is what we did before that kind of set us up for success during this time. Before right. we even knew this was happening, and I think the second one is what we've done since the coronavirus craziness kind of jumped jumped on everybody's lap uh, in mid March. So before, one thing is our uh, Camp Gladiators, led by two awesome people, husband and wife named Jeff and Allie Davidson, and they believe in stewardship and they believe in frugality and when it comes to finances. And so um, CG has never taken outside capital, nor has it ever been in debt. And so we had wow. no debt. We were pretty cash, uh, cash frugal. We have an awesome CFO. His name's Phil Murray. He's an awesome believer as well and just a good man. And we really trust him too in seeing the small business attitude and still keep us. We want to be risky and we want to take risks, but we also want to make sure we're making wise decisions. And so sure. uh, it's been led that way for 11 years now. And so... Um, the success and growth of CG has not changed those principles. And Phil and I, uh, our CFO, came on board in 2016, uh, right around the same time. And so he and I have been, I mean, I've just seen him in his space, which is his unique ability to really help us and help see Jeff and Allie, our CEO's vision, kind of continue, even though we've grown so much. Uh, so that's one big part of it. The second thing is uh, about what we were already doing is the alignment with our trainers. They're not employees. They really are business partners. So think of it kind of like uh, Keller Williams Real Estate, their franchise model or their their business ownership model, or maybe like a right. Chick-fil-A owner-operator. Um, right. We don't just take it off the top. We, we share in the profit and loss with our people. And it's been right. this really cool business model that's kind of allowed us to say, hey, we're all aligned here. You know, CG's not going to get rich quick and neither are our people unless we all come together and kind of have the same goals and attitude during crisis. So that kind of set us up for success just before any of this kind of started. I'll say since then, um, it's dissemination of great information and then make, meaning we meet every day and we disseminate the information to our leads and our team leaders to their people every morning. So we're hopefully getting less than a day old information and everybody's running the right direction because, you know, by the end of the day, they're kind of like scattering off a little bit just because humans are weird and we get scared and anxious and stuff like that. And then, uh, so that's one thing. And too, like what's crazy about this specific deal that we're in the middle of is that things change in 12 hour increments, right? So, uh, your ability to be able to have that much contact with your people, um, I think is huge. It was something else that you didn't really hit on, but I, I think it's important for people to understand is that I think a lot of the success that you guys have seen, uh, we were in a conversation, I think on Wednesday, where you said that you guys have only lost like 2% or something of your membership since this thing has happened, which is an, un I mean, that's, 
that's insanely low. And I, I think I'd love to hear how do your trainers or how do you train your trainers to really make uh, their clients uh, feel like they're a part of the family, right? Like um, versus something that's expendable. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think people come to CG for the fitness and they stay for the community. You know, you might hit that goal, but I mean, one thing, there's a couple of fitness industry, uh, fitness players out there that do this really, really well. Um, One of them is CrossFit. I think they have a culture that has been um, reproducible regardless of how unique each CrossFit gym has been. There's kind of a competition, grab them in, but there's a community focus, even though the workout looks very different, but that's one thing we just love about CrossFit. We think they are so awesome. I mean, I think the really good ones have, have been great because there's a culture and a community and then fitness almost comes second or third. And right. I think that's really cool because, you know, in today's society, we're so connected, but we're so not connected. And that's a little cliche nowadays to say that, but it's true that right. there's not a lot of healthy places for adults to spend time together. If you're not involved in a life group or some kind of church community and you go to work, then there's a lot of either manufactured virtual community or you go to bars or go to restaurants. I mean, it's like happy hours and stuff like that, which aren't, right. aren't bad, by the way. But if I did it every day, it'd be even worse for my body, you know? So um, sure. doing something that's really healthy and not eating chips and queso to see my friends, which is normally par for the course for me, I wish. But I, I know that spending time with people in a healthy way is always good. And I think we've yeah. kind of captured that. And that's kind of our secret sauce. There's a relationship with the trainer. And there's a relationship with the people next to you working out. And I think it's been reproducible because, you know, back to what you were asking before, uh, when the coronavirus stuff hit, we were thinking about going virtual in 2020 anyway, that we were, it was in our strategic focus and our planning in November and December. Uh, it ended up getting punted to 2021. And we, you know, when all this stuff hit, they were like, dust it off, let's do it. And we had already kind right. of done two or three weeks of good due diligence on what virtual workouts look like. And so okay, we called some cool. of the partners and we jumped on and all, I think it's a little over a thousand trainers flipped to virtual in one or two weeks. And we were able to stay afloat and keep things going. So we have a lost city body and we also gained about twelve or 13,000 new, tra- new campers. Uh, that's what we call our clients uh, across the country. So it's been really cool, man. Man, that is amazing, dude. I love that. I I, I think that uh, just to key on on one aspect of that that I think is really important is that opportunity is uh, when preparation hits the right timing. Mm -hmm. Um, You guys were able to move so quick because you had actually already been thinking forward uh, into where this thing could be going before there was a crisis. So when the crisis hit... You guys are ready to move quickly. You know, something else that you do, Brad, is that you really speak into and keep focus on uh, the teams that you're involved in, uh, not just in Camp Gladiator, but also um, in, with different organizations. And uh, you, you've you've done some really cool stuff in helping people frame uh, how to keep themselves in a good headspace in the midst of all this chaos that we're in the middle of. Why don't you take us in yeah. a little bit? Yes, uh, I'm really... I, I'm a seven. If you're if you're not an Enneagram person, then you can just fast forward 30 seconds. Go for it. I'll give you time. <laughs> Shout out to the ones in the house. Make the world <laughs> yeah. a better place. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I'll talk for just a second about the Enneagram part, and then we can just move on to general things. But I am a seven on the Enneagram. Uh, I am, it's called a enthusiast. I don't like 
talking about negative things ever. It is in my bones, the way God made me. And, you know, I'm woven to be a positive, silly, um, always look on the bright side, rainbows coming out of my ears kind of person, which is great. It's great. But it's also, I mean, you can ask my wife, Christina, and she'll say, she'll say it's awesome until it isn't awesome. And then you can't get him to like really buckle down and talk about the real stuff. Yeah. Uh, because I just, I, I, I don't even mean to, it's like a knee jerk reaction to avoid at all costs. So during the midst of this COVID stuff, I, I knew that about myself. And I said, I ta- I mean, I've been honest with you, JD, I've been honest with Christina and friends about, I need to go there. I need to kind of feel this pain of loss of being around people as much as I love to. And, you know, the, even yeah. the potential business loss or friends or things like that. It's just a heavy time. You know, when you go to the grocery store, it is like palpable how heavy yeah. it is in the air. And I'm like, Ooh, all I want to do is hug people, but you can't, I mean, right. all my tools are gone. Gee, I'm being silly and happy, you know? And so, <laughs> <laughs> and so you just like compliment everybody and how nice they are and like, make sure all the bank tellers feel like a million dollars, I guess. But um, reframing that has been a hard thing for me because there's really no easy way to reframe everything going on right now. So, right. I had to kind of get in a space now where I'm like, okay, if if I'm going to have to deal with this negativity, instead of just turning it into positive, which is my normal MO, what can I do about addressing it, understanding that it is tough, and then hopefully teaching our people and the people that I end up speaking to, um, you're going to go here and that's okay, but let me help you uncoil this um, after it is sad. So you kind of go down the spiral of sadness and how do you uncoil it without just ignoring it? And that's kind of been what right. I'm te- teaching, talking about over the last three or four weeks. Wow. So cool, uh, dude. So take us into it, man. How do we uncoil yeah. it? How do we, for those of us who are in the spiral, how do we uncoil yeah. it? So I think uh, the spiral happens in three, three ways. It, it's, it's for an alliteration just to make it easy to remember. And I heard this from a group called C12. C12 is a CEO's mentorship. Uh, it's faith-based. Um, kind of connection point between a couple of uh, business leaders. They have like three or 400 different groups across the country and they are just an awesome organization. Their curriculum is great. And I kind of stole this, by the way, full credit to them, but Mike Shero and his team at C12 that own this are just awesome people. So, um, but we kind of took it and made it, made it our own CG version of it. But uh, they said during this spiral down in the headspace of negativity, you go through three P's, you know, the first one is personal. You take whatever's going on is you're taking it personally. And these are external forces that you really can't control. I mean, we can control right. the coronavirus or people leaving or competitors or people getting sick or, you know, things like that. So this is one where you take it personally and you're like, oh, there must be something wrong with me first. The second right. one is pervasive. Oh, this is not just this situation, but it's in a carryover into all aspects of my life. Not just me, but I mean, everything's kind of ruined now. Right. And then the third P is permanent. It's never going to be the same. We're all, it's always going to be bad. And I think, you know, it sounds like a very, uh, grandmotherly Mima put a shawl and beads around you and be like, this too shall pass. You know, <laughs> that is the nicest grandma thing to say. <laughs> and I, you know, it, but, but it's true. It's this idea of how do you unspiral yourself to thinking it's me, it's everywhere and it's forever. Wow. And we got we got to get out of that headspace. So I think the the ways that you do that is you 
identify what you can and can't control. You add structure and accountability to your life. You make new connections with other people that, you know, you might not have had before, but you need to lean into people that are better than you. And then the last one is you need to serve somebody else. Right now, people are very backed into a corner and they think about self-preservation only. And I think there's something, I mean, I think there's something chemical the way God makes us when we serve and love others, you end up benefiting as well. And I think if we can do those things, we start to uncoil ourselves from that. And it's, it's a daily struggle. And none of us are immune to this, but um, I think it, just having it to the forefront and leading it to people and leading leaders to do this as well, it's been really, really cool. And I'm just thankful. I'm really thankful that we have had that to talk about. And that, that's so amazing to, to think about, about how we can kind of get, uh, it almost feels like an anchor that starts to drag us down deeper and deeper um, when it feels like it's me, it's everywhere, it's forever. I, I love that. Um, idea of realizing that this is a season, right? This, this is, this is a season. It might be a long season. Things might never go back to quote unquote normal, mm-hmm. but things will return from crisis, right? I think that's the, the thing that we, we have to lean into is that, yeah, there's going to be some things that are never the same. I mean, mm-hmm. in my world, right? I'm a church guy. So there, there's a good chance church will never be the same after this with everybody experiencing online church and, and how that's working for families and even how we connect together in small groups, that there's going to be a remnant of things that started in this crisis that probably will never go back to how they were. And I think businesses will do the same thing, right? Like you guys probably will never take away an online option. Am I, am I right to <laughs> well, assume that, right? Yeah. The, the, the analogy I've done, that I've told my team about is, uh, have you ever gotten a new tent from like REI or, or Academy or, or Bro, greatest like day ever. Okay. New, and, and new, you have this new tent. Yeah. You got this new tent, you take it out of the little zipper bag and it's like, and it's like, you know, sealed and perfect and all that stuff. You take it out, you air it out. And then you try to put that sucker back in. You can never put it back in the same way. It is impossible. Never. It is, it Absolutely. is, it is a, uh, it is an impossible puzzle. So, or like unfolding a map for the first time and then you try to fold it back and you just look like a crazy person in your car <laughs> with a giant <laughs> sail. Dude, by the way, RIP maps. RIP, you know, like, RIP Rand McNally. I mean, just to, <laughs> Did you oh remember boy. back in the day? I mean, to some of our people listening to this, they're not even going to know this, but do you remember having the maps in your glove box, bro, that you would have to lean oh, yeah. because you would get lost. Okay. Well, this Jason, is something that people don't even experience anymore. New drivers don't even get to encounter the, the, the power of being in the middle of nowhere and you don't know how to get yourself home. Well, how about this? They're also never going to experience, oh, here we go. Here's Britt again, being all reframing. They're never going <laughs> to experience the mirth that comes with finding where you're going after you've been lost. Like Bro, thinking about yourself, you're like, I am the navigator of the world. <laughs> Dude, so true. Dude, yeah. I have vivid memories of being in high school, completely turned around, and then yeah. almost by accident, popping out on a road that I remember. Yeah. And yeah, recognize, you the, and you're you just like, house. That's yeah, what I'm talking about. I know exactly away. where I am. Oh, dude, it's such, uh, it's so sad. People don't even know what that feels like anymore. 
relief. Yeah, and you just you channel your inner Magellan, and you just are like, oh, this is this is good. I am a genius. Oh man. Um, oh my hey, gosh, it's so true. Let me let me read you something that my dad yeah, wrote. Please. Uh, yeah, man, Neil Knighton, who is a good dude. Dude, um, legend. Yeah, my dad. I think he hung the moon. He's a wonderful man. Um, he sent me this text. By the way, does your dad sign his texts as dad? Actually, just, just, as me, just mine. No, oh, okay. it's always love pop because that's yeah. that's what the that's what the grandkids call him. But it's yeah. never just he. It, it. I don't know why. It's like they see it as an email, maybe or right, a letter. Right. He knows. You know, it's like, like I know. Oh, yo, you. I know. It's yeah. It's from you. Like you're in my phone. It says like text from dad, and then you sign the text. Love pop. <laughs> love, love Neil slash dad. Um, yeah. Um, anyway. Anyway, he, he said this to me, he goes, uh, I remember saying, this is not super long, it's a longer text, but he said, I remember saying a few times to myself, I can't wait for things to be back to normal. But as I've thought through our current situation, I've realized I don't want things to go back to the way they were. I pray the next time I grab some friends that pull me close to a hug, I actually take the time to appreciate the gift of embrace. I pray when school resumes, I drop my kids and you drop your kids off. I take time to thank the staff for the amazing gift that they give to our family. I pray the next time I'm sitting in a crowded restaurant, take a look at the crowd of smiling faces and loud voices, and thank God for the gift of community. Pray the next time I'm standing in church, listening to voices of praise, take a moment to thank God for the gift of congregation. I pray the next time I see a person or situation that needs prayer, I hope I pray as passionately and as fervently as I have the past few weeks. I pray that when I'm at the grocery store, take a moment to thank God that he provides us with the necessities of life and the amazing people who keep us supplied. And I pray that never again will I take for granted the ability to hop in a car, visit a friend, go to the park, and be with the people I love. The truth is, I don't want things to go back to the way they once were. I pray that we take the lessons and challenges of the last few weeks and create a new normal. My goal is to pray more, love harder, and truly appreciate the daily abundance of blessing we so easily took for granted. Love, Dad. Neil. Slash dad. <laughs> but I was like, Dude, that's oh my God. so good, man. That's so perfect. It's absolutely so perfect, man. I, I love it because everything that he said is 100% absolutely true. Uh, I hope that we take the lessons and challenges of these past few weeks and create a new normal. Well, Britt, thanks so much for being with us today. We are absolutely better for listening to you and your story. Thanks, man. Man, dude, dude, you're the legend, bro. I love you so much. <laughs> you're so Thanks. fun, man. I, I really so do. Fun. Dude, uh, I love it. Um, I'm proud of you for doing this and being positive for people. So I'm, I'm thankful that we get to listen and be silly, but also hopefully learn something. Um, I hope everybody has a great Easter weekend or whenever you're listening to it next Easter. Uh, it could be 300 days from now, but whatever. <laughs> um, Christ is still risen and uh, good, for, good for us you know yeah absolutely right. man absolutely alright brother I love you man well as always guys it does a lot if you would just take a minute and subscribe and if you would share about what's happening here on the Shape Podcast we want dreamers like you to find courage and strength to do all that is in you to do until next time stop waiting and start shaping Thank you.